0: Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia.
1: So this is uh, Haley's health update.
0: All right, so (laughs) we're going to give a quick update on how Haley is doing because as I reported uh, about two weeks ago, Haley almost died. Yeah. from a was... <laughs> tick. She was almost murdered.
1: It was really rough. Um, so I have learned that so many people, though, that do have or have had Lyme disease, which is wild because I never met anybody with it before I started going through this process. Um, so long story short, I was so sick that I couldn't move. Um, I had all the symptoms of meningitis. Uh, I was actually diagnosed with viral meningitis and encephalitis Mm. from the first, and then um, I have a really awesome doctor who was like, you know, anytime I have anybody with a severe headache that it doesn't go away, I test them for Lyme disease, which is not, apparently not super common um, for people to do, so. Interesting. I was like, well, heck yeah, let's do it. Um, Actually, I thought she was crazy. (laughs) <laughs> Originally, I was like, I oh, have Lyme disease. for you talking about? I, been, I did, didn't find a tick. I didn't know I'd been bitten by a tick. Um, but got my blood work back, and I had two of the antibodies for Lyme. Mm-hmm. So we're working off of that assumption that I have Lyme disease. Um, I'm feeling much better. Finished my antibiotics, and... The um, only complication I'm still dealing with is just some elevated liver stuff.
0: So. <clears throat> it's all the drinking. It's all the it's, drinking. It's the, it's ros- the canned it's wine what is, is yeah, what it's, it is. That's what, no. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> I know. Which is What's really funny, though, is the Wednesday that I started getting sick, I went to a new grocery store that I hadn't been to in a while, and I found my favorite beer that they don't carry in my grocery store anymore for some reason, so I bought two cases <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> and I have not got to drink a single one of them. <laughs> it's probably a good idea, though. Let's and I not... was not so mad because I was, like, so excited that I, like, I got them. But I was just starting to feel kind of sick that Wednesday. And so I just got them home and just put them in my kitchen. And they've just been sitting in my kitchen Side floor. Side note, what kind are they? <laughs> it's the Red's um, Black Cherry, but it's okay. the one in the can. Gotcha. And for some reason, my grocery store in my town does not... Um, have it anymore but i went to this other one and they had two cases and they were on sale but why not (laughs) my advantage card (laughs) like my
0: liver's about to explode why not
1: so i bought the two cases and i brought them home and um now they're just still in my kitchen floor and i haven't even even opened the like cardboard case to like put them in my refrigerator um so that's fun but i am uh i've Feel like I am just a test subject for um, like phlebotomists everywhere because I've been getting repeat labs every two days for like a week and a half. I've been stuck so many times. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's what um, she said. <laughs> <laughs> they've taken um, taken a lot of blood. Um, I do now know that I am negative for like all kinds of rare diseases and autoimmune diseases and that's a good thing. Um, they did a hepatitis panel and I am negative for that. So they're calling it right now Lyme disease with acute hepatitis. Well, so I get to go. God, see you're so trendy. Um, a GI doctor, which will be super fun, um, and right. then I also get to go frequent the uh, Center for Infectious Diseases doctor. That sounds amazing. Which I think will be fascinating. Um, I'm glad I have good insurance. <laughs> me too. So, me too. But I did do a, a stent in the hospital. Um, about a six-hour stay, which I was really excited. They didn't have to keep me overnight. Yeah. So I got in. I got a bag of fluids, and they sent me home. I felt, you know, a lot better.
0: What a great way to spend your Monday, Tuesday.
1: Yeah, it was a Tuesday. Um, which is funny because I had felt actually felt a lot better that day, and my doctor called, and she's like, "Um, so
0: get to so the hospital. Your liver you.
1: enzymes are wild. <laughs> you need to go to the ER." And I was like, oh, "All right. Wow. So I how just, long did you wait?" Um, actually I actually waited, like, I think we got there at 1 p.m., and I was in the back, it. I didn't even get a bed. I was not bad enough to have a bed, which was exciting. Um, I was in recliner number eight. <laughs> There's recliners? <laughs> there are recliners. They're like, um, okay. you know, the ones that, at least at the hospital in our area, um, when you go, like, visit somebody, like, if you stay overnight in the hospital with, like, a loved one, they have those recliners that lay yes. all the way back. It was one of those. Gotcha. So I just sat in the recliner, uh, and my mom and my dad actually both came with me to the hospital because they were both off work. And I was like, hey, let's take a family trip to the ER. So we all went, and my mom came back with me. My dad, you know, held it down in the waiting room. Um, but she... Came back because I I was so dehydrated. I could not answer questions or really focus on anything. So she was helping me out a little bit. Um, But we got back there and I got to do the whole pee in the cup thing. I love that. Um, It was really not a lot of fun. And (laughs) I was just super, super dehydrated. Um, But my numbers, my liver numbers were actually down when I was in the hospital, which was weird. And then mm-hmm. when they ran them again, um, at my doctor's office, they were back up to like
0: 17 times what they're supposed to be. In a way, when you think about it, <laughs> isn't that always how it goes? Like, you know, you go to the ER cause you're like, I'm dying. And then they test you and you're like, actually. Right. Well, and I think part of it was I just
1: willed it down. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> just like.
0: You're like, no, I don't want to be admitted.
1: I cat I, I told every nurse that came up to me, I'm like. Listen. What will it take for you to let me go home? Um, and you need they're cash. like, "I got some. Cash. I was like, I have twenty dollars to my name, but it's yours if you won't <laughs> let me."
0: <laughs> He's here. just like, "Please, I'm a traveling nurse. I make hundred and fifty thousand dollars." And they're like,
1: um, "Let's see what your blood work says." Um, but yeah, it was fine. I mean, it was still high, but it wasn't anything like apparently what it is now. Um, but I'm not yellow. I'm not jaundice. No, no, so. I did
0: look at you and even though Billy Rubin is a little, high, a little you, high. You are
1: not yellow. I'm not yellow.
0: Um I don't I don't
1: feel great, but I don't feel terrible. I've been going to work um, this past week. You're so here so at, I'm at my here. House. We're gonna talk about some murder here in a
0: minute and
1: uh that's well, it. and I
0: I did tell Randy at the guard shack uh, not to pat you down this time right, because right. I got, to, like, I got to go straight through. You could through. just go through. Um, yeah. I did. Yeah. Uh, we
1: did the wave, and I got to to go right on in. Yeah. So yeah. that's nice. So good. Um, but yeah, I know some of y'all were curious.
0: So that's, I mean, a lot uh, of you had sent some really nice well wishes. Yeah, I really was really sweet
1: was. Um, I remember talking to Holly last week. <laughs> of the week that we didn't have an episode out. All my weeks are running together now. And uh was like, I can't, like, I can't get off my couch.
0: We had, so uh, for all of you who who don't know this, we had two episodes that were ready to go to air. So we were going to go ahead and just pop in that one. It hadn't been edited and Haley was a, you know, she does the editing portion of it and she has the Mm -hmm. computer to do so and all those things. And so she just, I mean, there was just no way. So that's why we didn't have an episode. But
1: Yeah, I thought I could do it, but I was still having the, which is, so they're still telling me that I had viral meningitis as a result of Lyme disease. So with meningitis, if you ever had meningitis, I'm sorry, it sucks. Um, but I couldn't open my eyes because of the light. Like, I'm mm-hmm. so sensitive to the light that I just had to pretty much lay flat on my back and not move with a cloth over my face because everything hurt. <laughs> I can't imagine. And that, that was way. about 48 hours of that hell. And then I started progressively getting better once I had um, some doxycycline in me. Yeah. Really high-powered antibiotic. If you ever been on that, it also sucks. Makes you very um, sick. I was very sick. I vomited a lot, so.
0: It's the new trendy diet. Right,
1: yeah. I told Holly today, I said, well, on a plus side, I've lost about 10 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> not a good way to do it, I say, not the way I particularly wanted no, to no, lose weight. No, know um, Wasn't planning on losing weight. I was kind of like at a point where I was like, I'm, I feel pretty good. Um, I'll show me to, you know, feel feel all right. <laughs>
0: Well, we had Olive Garden tonight, so We, we are... did. I have and now I'm...
1: had two real meals in my body, and um, they have both been Italian food, so.
0: Go for those carbs. Go for
1: the carbs. <laughs> I will put those 10 pounds back on in about four days, so.
0: Well, I am so glad you're doing well. I am very happy. We had kind of a doing well. freak thing for that week where, like, you know, like my mom ended up randomly with COVID. Yeah. A friend of mine had an emergency appendectomy, like, just out of nowhere. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was absolutely insane. Um, And I really thought last week, because thankfully we had that one episode ready to go, that I would be able to get... I was supposed to come to your house last week to record. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, still was not... uh, (laughs) 100%.
0: 100%. I, I shot Haley a text and I was like, okay, you know, um, so I've got one episode done and this episode's gonna be blah, 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 blah. And she calls me. I'm like, oh, Haley does not call me normally unless it's, it's either good or it's either really bad. Yeah. So she called me and just said, I'm not coming this week. <laughs> I'm
1: dying. I'm very ill. At that point, I didn't know I had Lyme. Yeah. I think I called yeah. you and said I had meningitis. And I was like,
0: what the blank?
1: Yeah, it's like, why? And that's the thing. And I told people this at work. I was like, when I get sick, I don't get like a cold, a cold or even the flu. I get like emergency gallbladder surgery or pancreatitis or apparently Lyme disease now. Encephalitis. Encephalitis. And I, I go big and I go home. And I stay home. <laughs> For yes. a while. <laughs> yes, you
0: do. As you should.
1: Yeah, I probably should have not worked this past week, but um, I do have some vacation that I would like to take, so um, I did work last week, so now my body
0: is kind of uh, freaking out a little bit, but <laughs> we're here. Well, that being said, I'm so glad that you are back. Yes, me and too. ready to talk about murder and intrigue?
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> let's. Let's do it. Um, If you read your notes for this episode, you will have seen that there is going to be about a 10 minute health update from Haley. So if you're one of these people that freaks out about the before episode talking. Katrina, what? Get out of here. (laughs) I'm kidding.
0: We love you. We do love Um, you. She said, show Haley the timer. Listen, (laughs) I got it. Well, and now, enjoy this episode all about a Knoxville affair. Yes.
1: Can't wait. All right. See you there.
0: I'm back, Haley.
1: Me too. Oh.
0: Holly. <laughs> I. Nothing happened since last episode. No. She wouldn't let me roll her down the road just for practice, so that didn't happen. No. I mean I wanted it to, but she was like, No, I Oh
1: wanna... we got a lot of hills around here. No, I
0: don't want to go down the hill on a gurney, fine, whatever. Oh, there's no seatbelts.
1: It was just a... <laughs> it's a bad time.
0: I would have let you wear a helmet. So you did I offered it's not it.
1: Not in the delivery, though.
0: Well, no. I told you off air I would let you wear it, but you know we got to gain more of an audience here, and I think that you need to really put okay. yourself out there yeah. more. All right, all right. So, just saying. All right, all right, y'all. This episode um, is crazy. I'm and excited. Before it even gets started, I want to get a shout out to my friend and colleague Chanel, who gave me this idea. <gasps> Thanks, Chanel. Thank you, Chanel. This is awesome. Good story. So weird. All right. So it so is. Weird. It's it's so like crazy convoluted. Anyway, um, it is March two thousand seven that we're going back to, nice. and like old times, I'm going to bring it on out. So the number one song was, "What goes around comes around, comes around." It's a good one. Yeah, Justin Timberlake. A good one. Yeah, it is. Uh, the top movie at the box office was a film called Three Hundred. I've never heard of this in my life. Is that
1: the one was like like 300 BC? Yeah, like Spartan like, and yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I've never heard of it. I've never I seen it. I didn't really pique my interest, but it was number one, so clearly a lot of people were interested. I liked it. Um, and tornadoes struck the southern United States, killing 20, including eight people who were students at a high school in Enterprise, Alabama.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, I was
0: like. That does not sound like fun. I mean, all of these things don't sound great for no. 2007. Like, that was not Justin's best song. No. Um, I didn't care. I mean, I didn't even see that film. I don't know what it is. And then the tornado. Yeah. That sucks. So, it's a bad time. We're not going to get any better, <laughs> I'm afraid. <laughs> um, we're headed to our favorite place. Do you know where? West Virginia. No, but that is one of Tennessee? our favorite places. We are going back to Tennessee because yeah. apparently we can't stop. This is our favorite place for debauchery. We're going to Knoxville. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I bet every podcast <laughs> listener is like, for the love of God, can you find another place? I it's try. So much. But it keeps coming back to me. It's like it's just a wealth of murder and intrigue, and I can't help it.
1: Which is hilarious because it's a a great place to visit. It's a great
0: place, but apparently you shouldn't live there. There's a lot of stuff going on there. There's a lot of stuff. Okay, so it's March 10th, um, 2007. It's around 9 p.m. when a call is made to 911. On the other line is a 31-year-old man stating that he has an intruder in his home. Oh, God. When asked to clarify exactly what he meant by intruder, which gonna just say i feel like that's pretty self-explanatory there's
1: someone in my house who should not be in my house please come (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right
0: but you know let's let's take some time uh so he says in clarifying a trespasser And the man said the intruder, or trespasser, was some guy who was stalking my wife. Oh, God. That is what he says. Um, And then the man's frantic tone starts to change, and he tells the 911 operator that things were now fine because the intruder or trespasser was leaving their home. So, things are good, where I thought before, you know. Okay. Hurry, hurry, get this guy out. Oh, okay, he's leaving. He's his, just decided
1: he didn't you know want to be he here
0: anymore. You know what, he's leaving of his own accord, so don't worry, things are good, you don't have to send anybody. So okay. he tells him he's fine, and he hangs up the phone. Seven minutes later, uh, 911 dispatch receives another call from the same residence. This time, it's the man's wife, who is screaming on the other end. She tells the operator that her husband, the man who just made the 911 call, had just killed someone. What? Yes. That really moved quickly.
1: Yeah. That's okay. It's all good. He's leaving the house to... He's been murdered.
0: To... Now he's dead. Uh, She stated that he had shot someone with a shotgun and asked the operator to hurry and send help. Okay. She continuously kept screaming, oh, God, hurry, hurry. Mm -hmm. When asked by dispatch who this man was that had been shot do you know him ma'am she says yes he's my student what (laughs) yeah
1: this is a crazy story. what time of night is this um this was 9 p.m i'm sorry there's (laughs) (laughs) what
0: (laughs) this is her student
1: why is your student at your home at 9 p.m
0: Why is he stalking you? Why is he an intruder? Why is he dead? dead? There are many, many. (laughs) Have a lot of questions. Oh, I'm glad because there is more craziness to come. Thank you, Chanel. All right. So when police arrive at the scene, the husband had fled, so he wasn't there. Okay. But they did find a young man slouched down in the driver's seat of his car, dead from a bullet wound to the head, the face, depends on what you read, okay. right? Yep, yep, yep. So the young man in the car was later identified as 18-year-old Sean Powell. Oh, my God. The wife was Aaron McLean, his teacher. And the shooter was her 31-year-old husband, okay, Eric. Okay, and
1: when we were saying teacher, was he, like, a freshman in high school, or freshman in college, or, like, senior in high school.
0: Senior in high school.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, freshman in college, still not great, but... It's about it's, to get It's It's different.
0: Your ick factor is about to really go I was about to say, off. Say
1: the ick factor is there for the freshman in college, but it's not as icky as the senior is.
0: It's going to increase. Is it going to increase? It is okay. totally, totally. So just strap in.
1: I'm not prepared. <laughs>
0: okay, I wasn't either. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So you ask yourself, why would a husband kill his wife's student? Right. Um, why did he say in the 911 call that the young man had been stalking his wife? And why was this guy in his home? Right. You know, so it leads you to believe, okay, so, like, was the husband just fearful of what this young man would do? Like, was he threatening? He said, you know, that he was stalking his wife. So it makes you seem like, oh, wow, so maybe you you know, he had a thing for her. She told him, please, you know, stop. And right. and he just didn't. Like, that's how that really made that sound. Yeah,
1: like it was a, you know, one-sided thing of the students a little.
0: Totally, you know? totally. Which, and, mean, he's, and he's telling him, you know, you need to get ha- out of house.
1: Happens, but it's not usually to that extent. That's
0: very extreme. That's like, sounds almost like a Lifetime movie. Like, The student who was so obsessed. I mean, we all had
1: that, like... I mean, you're in high school and you have that... Crush. One crush on that science teacher or substitute teacher or whatever. But it's one of those things that's kind of like a joke almost.
0: Yeah, like, ooh, Haley likes Mr. Simons. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Kind of like giggly little thing. And then that teacher's
1: like... Please just complete your homework.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Look at his blonde tips he has in his hair. Sexy. <laughs> oh, just my generation? Okay. <laughs> so, he's frosted tips. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh, you know, everybody has that innocent crush. Right. But perhaps this has gotten to the point where he's like stalking her. Right. And There's a her difference out.
1: between like crutch and. A, no, crutch. Crush or a and crutch? It's your crutch, uh
0: exactly. Right, totally. like you can
1: have kind of that innocent little crush or whatever on you know,
0: but you're not you know attempting to go into their home and right. seek them out at right. nine p.m. Right, exactly. Yeah,
1: so some things escalate.
0: I mean, that seems to make the most sense, but you'll find out really quickly that this case is very senseless. Gotcha. In many senses, so let's go back a little ways to talk about who the heck the players are in this story. Okay, all right. So we've got the husband, the shooter. His name uh, is Jason Eric McLean. He went by Eric. He was a native of Knoxville. Uh, he was born in 1975 and was one of seven children. Wow. Yeah. That's um, good. Yeah, it's a lot of kids. Um, Eric was known as very personable, very outgoing. He loved music. He loved playing drums. Everybody said he was a great guy. Um, in 1993, Eric was 18 years old. He was a senior in high school, and he fell for 16-year-old Aaron Myers. And this gets complicated because his name was Eric, and mm-hmm. her name was Erin. So, Stick with me. I'll try really hard to differentiate so you know who's talking, who's saying what here. Okay. So his girlfriend, Erin, was also a native of Knoxville. She was born in 1977. And unlike her boyfriend, Eric, her parents divorced when she was young. So she was always kind of bounced between parents' houses. Mm, And she had moved out of state for a while and then moved back to Knoxville. So there was a lot kind of going on in her childhood. Right. Erin was very intelligent. She loved to read and was described by friends and family as a free spirit. She loved poetry, theater, literature. Um, So she was very much the intellectual, you know, just like us.
1: Right. Obviously.
0: Uh, Obviously. (laughs) All right. So Eric and Erin dated for about two years. And when Erin graduated from high school, um, the two decided they wanted to move in together. Okay. They actually bought a house, which, by the way, Haley, you can tell this was the '90s because (laughs) what eighteen and twenty-year-old could afford a house nowadays? None. You none None. unless your family gave you money. I mean, there's no way. You can't do it on your own. Yeah. What eighteen-year-olds? Like, here's twenty thousand dollars for my down payment. Crazy. No. Uh, So, a year into their living together, the two got married. Okay. And very swiftly, Aaron became pregnant. That's a lot fast. Um, oh, yes, yeah, like, okay, we just got married and now we're having a baby. Oh, my gosh, this is a lot of things. Uh, so the heavy weight of responsibility was really scary, and the couple actually broke up for a short time. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But right before their son, Eric Jr., was born in 1998... The two got back together. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Eric uh, realized how important an education was to his wife, and he gave up his schooling to go to work so that she could go back to college. Uh She attended the University of Tennessee to get her bachelor's degree in English, which she did. Later, she was able to get a scholarship from Indiana University for a master's degree, and they gave her a full ride. Wow. Yeah. You have to be pretty brilliant, you know, yeah. to be able to get that. Um, and the entire family packed up, left everything they knew behind, and they moved to Indiana to support her. Cool. So, I mean, sounds like a pretty good husband. Not yeah. many folks would be willing to say, okay, forget it. You know, and he was born and raised there. Right. So... Everything he knows is in Knoxville.
1: Right.
0: During the time that they were in Indiana, they had another son named Ian. Um, And once she had graduated, they decided to move back down to Knoxville. And this is around 2006. At this point, you know, Eric had put a lot of his dreams on hold. You know, remember I told you he really liked music. Mm -hmm. Uh, He played the drums. He was really into it. So he decided to go back to college. Um, He enrolled and had ambitions of becoming a band teacher um and he worked many odd jobs uh while in school to try and support his family while going to college like he was doing a lot of stuff yeah so he is working multiple jobs right. um to support his family and at this point Aaron actually says you know what <laughs> I really want to go back to school for a second master's degree. What? She is what you would refer to as like a professional student.
1: I could have been that.
0: I couldn't have. I don't know. I just get sick of it at some point.
1: If I had the money to pay for more degrees, I would definitely go back.
0: I have thought about uh, a PhD. I actually thought about it more recently, and then I was like, "Mm, That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> I'm tired, I'm exhausted. I am. Like I don't know if I can do that and have a child and yeah. work and do all the things. Right, so right, anyway, right. so she goes back to school because she wants to get a master's degree in education. So she started doing an internship um, at West High School in Knoxville. Okay. And during her work at West High School, she meets 17-year-old Sean Powell. Mm-hmm. Sean had a pretty tough background. Um, he was born in 1988 and raised by a mom until he was six, but was removed from her care due to her drug use and extended absence. Mm. So, I guess he was removed due to maybe neglect, yeah. harmful behavior, that right, kind of thing. Right, right. Um, and there was no other family to take Sean, and his birth father was unknown. So he was placed into the foster care system, where he reportedly experienced horrific abuse. Ugh. He was molested. Mm locked in closets, and became very territorial over food. Um, And I feel for Sean here because I have seen so many kids like him in my career. Um, You worry about, you know, they worry about not being fed, so they overeat. Um, They can be really territorial with food, so no one takes it. And I've actually seen kids hide or steal food. Yeah. So as not to go hungry. That's a... A very common theme, especially when you feel like, you know, food has been withheld from you Mm. or you may not eat again. Yeah. Um, And it's a very scary thought. Yeah. So, and also, you know, no child should be removed from a dangerous situation and then put into even more of a dangerous situation. So, and I mean, listen... you know, I know there are amazing foster homes out there, and I want to shout them out because it's really sad um, only the bad ones garner attention. Right. And that's really unfortunate because it's a wonderful thing that folks do. It It really is. Um, However, this child was really treated cruelly by the system. Yeah. So eventually his mom's rights were terminated, um, and Sean was put into a quality foster home this time. Okay. um, The Powell family. And the Powell family adored Sean and did whatever they could to support him and he loved them equally and they wound up adopting him so he became sean powell so all along sean thought that his mother had died right so you know he goes into care at six and whomever along the way probably told him that his mother was dead i don't know who would do that that's Mm. very cruel um but it seems like they were just very unkind to him. Right. Um, so anyway, he very much believed she was dead and I'm guessing because her rights were terminated, you know, not a lot of information was given to the adoptive family about mm. her. Um, this was kind of unclear to me. So I kind of take it that the Powells did not know that, you know, she was alive. Right. <laughs> anyway, so Sean is described as outgoing, very smart, loved to play loved to play rugby cool. and go four-wheeling hmm. or as Haley calls it. Mud. Mud.
1: Went mudden.
0: Went mudden. Gotcha. Sean struggled uh, to manage his emotions and what I mean by that is you know, when you have that kind of trauma when you're very young um, it's sort of comes out in different ways. Mm -hmm. And in his case, he was constantly challenging authority. Um, and he would get up in his parents' face, his teachers' faces in an attempt to like intimidate them. Um, he would curse and purposely disobey. Eventually his behaviors became so much that the pals just didn't know what to do. They couldn't really handle it. So they sent him off to a therapeutic boarding school, which would provide him with a really strict schedule and work environment. And, I mean, I can see this here being both a good and bad thing. Yeah. Um, You know
1: in a way, you know, i thinking he's going to be getting the treatment and the care that he needs mm-hmm. to later be successful, but then also in his mind it's like, oh, i've just been abandoned again. Again.
0: Exactly, and that's exactly what i was going to say. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, it's like you read my mind. Uh, uh, it's like we've done this before. It's like we've worked in mental health. It's crazy. Right? It's like huh. it's
1: catch 22 there.
0: It is because i think having predictability of Mm -hmm. a schedule and and kind of a strictness and knowing you can't get away with, you know, like you're on the straight and narrow. There's good in that, particularly for children who um, need that to feel safe and secure. Mm -hmm. Like they know what's coming next. So I think that that's a good thing. However, being sent there also feels like nobody wants me and like, okay, so the things that I'm doing you know, kind of on purpose to kind of test you. I mean, I've got my answer. Right. You Obviously, know,
1: like I did all this stuff, and now you don't.
0: You don't want me anymore. You're not in
1: it for the long haul.
0: Right. Nobody wants me, and it's that resounding feeling of being unwanted. Right. And and the hurt that comes with that.
1: Which I'm sure was not the pal's intention. Exactly. And it's no. just like how it, but could be how it's perceived by.
0: The the, per, the one who's the experienced right. this quite you know frequently yeah. in his life you know um so his behaviors were really in my mind a protective mechanism mm-hmm. you know to keep him from being physically and emotionally hurt again I- he was going to put up that wall and yeah. he was going to get in your face and he was going to kind of be the bully so that you couldn't hurt him right this uh you know really things seem to go well for sean um at the school He did well, and after a year, they discharged him. They were like, he's doing really well. He's able to come back home. His parents were like, fantastic. This is great news. (sighs) Yeah. It's at this point that his birth mom found him. Oh, God. He's 17 years old by this point. Oh, God. And she wanted to be a part of his life. And he was like, what the hell? I thought you were dead. I thought
1: you were dead.
0: So then that brings up, okay, were my parents lying to me this whole time? Um, How do I feel that now you're back in my life? Do I want to be with you? Do I love you like crazy? Do I hate you for what you did? Like, I mean, there's got to be all these emotions Mm -hmm. that are coming out in this poor kid who just thought – I just got my shit together. Yeah. Now what? Right. Um, And again, you know, he had been on the right path. So this couldn't have helped. Um, Birth mom was now sober, wanted desperately to find him. And I'm unsure about Tennessee, but I know in North Carolina that adoptions are closed. So that means that birth families cannot have any interaction with the children unless the adoptive parent allows it Mm -hmm. under 18. So I'm guessing the pals were like. Yeah, come on, Mom, which is very brave of them. So, yeah. bravo.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, really great to keep those, maintain those connections to your past. Um, but at this point, there's so much going on emotionally for Sean that he's pretty much open about his bad behaviors. Um, he went back to school, started telling teachers off, and would openly drink and smoke at school. Like, but, like, bring some Jack Daniels and just have at it in you the know? classroom. Like, what you going to do? very very challenging behaviors yeah. absolutely and also he's self-medicating at this mm-hmm. point so in the fall of 2006 Sean meets his new teacher Aaron the two shared many similar interests including literature and poetry um, and of course similar childhoods in that she was kind of bounced around too, from house to house and never really had that stability Sean had an instant liking for his teacher and felt that she understood him in a way that most people either couldn't or wouldn't. Mm. By December of that year, Sean was caught with alcohol on school property and suspended. His parents were concerned about how much he was drinking, obviously, and sent him away to a rehab facility. Again, he's being sent away. Not their fault, you know, not their intention to cause this trauma, but it's sort of... I think it's kind of a trauma trigger. I think that that's a thing that doesn't make it better. Um, so, side note here, seems like Sean's adopted parents worked really hard to give him the best life possible. So, yeah. I do want to say that. And they,
1: like, I mean, obviously, and that's probably actually what he needed. Yeah. He probably did need that. And it's just...
0: And- sounds like they put up with a lot of stuff yeah and they didn't give up on him they wanted to make his life better
1: they're sending him to these programs to help him
0: funding it working hard to make sure he got what he needed right yeah so if anything they truly loved him Mm -hmm. um in january of 2006 however sean was kicked out of his rehab facility for poor behaviors Mm. at this point Sean kind of didn't know what to do, so he reached out to his old teacher, Aaron, for support. Aaron was more than happy uh, to help Sean because she felt such a kinship to him and wanted to make sure that he was supported. She had even told her husband, Aaron, excuse me, Eric, that it would be um, good if he had somewhere to go. Maybe, you know, not his parents' house, maybe took a break so Eric actually called his own family who lived in Knoxville and tried to persuade them to take in Sean. Oh. His parents thought that was weird. Yeah, they're like, "No, I don't <laughs> think we like, want a
1: random 18-year-old
0: just living in our house." Just, home? yeah, no, that feels uncomfortable. That's so a hard they pass. That's yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, but no.
1: I think I'd probably also pass on
0: that. Well, and also, you know, they did take a beat and say, We know that Erin is great in helping and, you know, Mm -hmm. mentoring this, these youths, but taking them in feels a little too close to home. It's one of those things, like,
1: I work with young people regularly. Like, I work with young people that have trauma and have things going on in their lives. I'm not taking them
0: home. How many people have you heard, oh, I would just take them home? Don't take them home. Don't take them home. That's not helping them because we have set up boundaries.
1: Yes, as a professional, you have to have those boundaries. You have
0: to have those boundaries. Like
1: I don't give out my number, my personal number. She I... won't
0: even give me her number. No, and I've known to her.
1: Send it in the mail or by a pigeon. carrier pigeon.
0: I do. Arr! Every time I do it. Um, but yeah, I don't even have her number. So no, no. boundaries are important here.
1: Yes, especially in the teaching profession the mental health profession like anytime you're working with vulnerable people you have to have boundaries because it could those lines could blur very easily and quickly and it could have started as like an innocent thing and like I know early in my career I was tempted to be like you know I'd form a connection with somebody I was working with and be like you know if you ever need anything you know you can call me anytime you know no. You can't do that. You can't.
0: No, because you get to the point where you were helping and now you're just enabling or right. hurting right. or all those things. And you know, there's guilt that comes with that. And like, it puts oh you in a
1: danger. It can put you in a dangerous position. It does. It I mean, you know, if this is somebody who is unstable and they have your Information, I mean, that can end up being a dangerous situation. They could be in your house with right. your husband calling
0: 911. You or know? it
1: could be, you know, that it's perceived as something different that it may not be. Exactly. You know, and that's dangerous. And you're
0: putting your career on the line. Your it's career, just, it's your not license,
1: your everything. And you just have to, f- we have to play by the rules exactly. and follow those boundaries. That's why
0: those are in place. Yes.
1: So don't, just don't.
0: Sadly, Haley, Aaron did not take your advice.
1: It's a bummer.
0: It, yeah, so she felt like, I can help him, I can hear him out. Well, her sensitive talks and time with him turned into a sexual relationship. That's
1: a bad time. <laughs> That's not. That's not a, like, nope. give me a call, you know, if anything crazy happens. As That's opposed a... to
0: take me here and now. That's different.
1: Right. I mean, That's different. I... No. I mean, I can get, like, if you have a work phone or something that you use to communicate with clients or, you know, whatever, saying like, hey, this is my work number. You can call it between the hours of this and this if you need something or just need to check in. That's fine. But n- no. Nope. <laughs> There's nope. so many lines and rules and we should follow them.
0: A lot. <laughs> and not only did she trapes over the like, oh, here's my personal number line. Here's my personal everything. Here's my like, personal
1: body. <laughs> exactly. Like no. it shall be
0: yours. No. Um. Turns out, Aaron was in an open marriage, uh, meaning that you know both she and her husband were allowed to have relationships outside of their and marriage.
1: That's fine. Do what you want. I mean, with that's someone
0: of age. Of age, and that and you're not in high school. In a Power of a
1: differential relationship with. Yeah. Like, if you want to be in an open relationship and it's your you business. know, do what you want with Joe Blow down the street, that's fine. But not the eighteen-year-old high school kid. How that did you know see. of my lover,
0: Joe Blow, down the street?
1: <laughs> like, whatever, do what you want. He's
0: sixty-five, but he's a stunner.
1: That's fine. Is yeah, he
0: yeah. mentally competent? <sighs> For now.
1: Okay, that's fine. That's all we need. Don't
0: tell Leon. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... Yeah, they're in this open marriage, but turns out her husband did not approve of the open marriage. Like, he wasn't down for it. Gotcha. He did not have any relationships of his own. So she was in an open so marriage. So she was in an yes. <laughs> However, in later interviews, Aaron would claim that he was having affairs. So, I mean, it's kind of a he said, she said. Right. We don't really know. Okay. What we do know is that she was having this relationship with Sean. Gotcha. So... Erin actually began to flaunt her relationship um, in front of her husband. She wasn't really quiet about it. Um, and Sean took joy in rubbing Eric's nose in it and bragging about how he was the better lover and how Erin was so unhappy with him and started to taunt him. It almost feels like a na 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 There's so
1: much to unpack.
0: There's a lot to unpack.
1: And I just don't think I can do it right
0: now. It's tough. It really is. Um, So one night, Eric and his wife, Erin, get in a fight about her relationship. And Eric says, listen, I I don't want to see Sean around here anymore. You need to have better boundaries. Like, you can be open to Joe Blow down the street, but you cannot do this with the student. Well, that evening, (laughs) after the fight, Sean pulls up to the family home. Of course he does. Yeah. And having had enough, Eric then calls 911 saying there's an intruder in his home. So right. basically, he told Sean, like, get out. <laughs> and Sean's like, no, you know, make me. And so this was an attempt to get the police there to try and make him get out. Right. Okay. So now we're, we're back. We're back at the time of the crime. We have Sean dead, Eric's missing, and Aaron is home with the two children you know, mourning her loss.
1: She had kids. She. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wonderful role model. So, all right. Cops eventually find Eric and he's charged with murder. Right. Um, it ends. So before this goes to court, you've got Eric who's sitting in jail and his wife, um, decides, yeah, I'm done. So she files for divorce and takes the kids to Austin, Texas. Okay. Yeah. Um, and coming back from Austin, she actually was made to come back from Austin because they saw it as contempt of court of like kidnapping. Right. So she served 90 days in jail. That's it? Yes. Yes. Which I mean. It's it contempt of court. And she
1: can't really be charged because he was 18. Right.
0: Well, she wasn't charged with that. She was charged with taking her kids out of state. Yeah. 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 That's just so weird. So, anyway. She ends up going to Nashville, so she stays within the state, right? Right. And she starts working at a private school under her maiden name. Don't do that. She starts working as Erin Myers, and when school officials find out who she really is, you know, the teacher who had a sexual relationship with a student and her husband kills, she was quickly let go. can't
1: imagine
0: why. Me neither. Gosh, you don't want that in your school craziness. You'll let in Haley, but not the fornicating teacher? Gosh. Uh, So when the trial began uh, for her husband, the jury was presented both sides. They were given details about Sean's history and how he longed to have someone to share his interest and encourage him. Uh, While they didn't improve of the sexual nature of the relationship, um, they stated that, you know, it really came from a place of just him hurting mm-hmm. and having someone to believe in him and listen right, to him. Right. Um and that was what was presented to the jury that someone just wanted you know that this child just wanted someone to care about him. Yeah. Um and Aaron took it too far. Allowed it to go too far. Right the defense presented a whole other side of Sean. Um, There's a great deal of evidence presented regarding Sean taunting Eric about the relationship, Um, and it's believed that that night, Sean came to taunt Eric and was openly romantic with Aaron, and they just had this confrontation. Eric tried to call the police to remove Sean from the house, um, but Sean was like, okay, fine, so he leaves. And this is when Eric just had enough, takes the shotgun, and kills him. And, of course, he was Mm. parked in the couple's driveway on their property. Right. So Erin, the wife, never appeared at her husband's trial. She never, she was supposed to be a witness and just didn't. Her lawyer stated that she was kind of shell-shocked and that the whole scene of her husband shooting her young lover had traumatized her, so much so that she was in no condition to testify. But she was in a condition to go off to Austin, Texas with her children and um, get another job so
1: right,
0: right. so know. they're not that <laughs> shell-shocked no um, no no during the trial eric spoke to knowing his wife was having an affair um he had seen her on the phone with sean multiple times talking you know daily to him um but he just couldn't bring himself to leave her he loved her and he felt like the children needed a home with a mother and a father and he tried really hard to make the marriage work um, Eric McLean stated at trial that the death would haunt him forever. And he said, quote, I don't know what else to say. Eric was not the type of person who would, you know, even think of any kind of murder. Like mm. he had done everything he could to support his children and family. And from all appearances, he just snapped, which, yeah. I mean, if you're kind of taunted like that, You know, and you kind of take a hit to your ego, like all these things start to happen, and you just snap, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe don't snap with a shotgun.
0: Yeah, that's not a good idea. Don't do that. No, no. So, the jury was really taken by Eric's story and actually had sympathy for him. Um, They feel like he just lost it in that moment. Eric was charged with reckless homicide, and wait for it. He served an additional 47 days in jail.
1: Oh my God.
0: So he had served the time while waiting for trial and then was given an additional 47 days, you know, granted time served and uh, got 12 years of probation. That's insane. He served well with the additional time though, but he essentially served less time for the conviction than his wife served for taking the kids across the state lines. Yeah.
1: I mean, somebody's still dead here.
0: Yeah, like I a mean, foster child.
1: Someone's dead.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So um, that doesn't
1: really add up.
0: It doesn't, does it? No. Just kind of like, what? Uh, so it gets a little stranger. Um, he was let go in 2008, right? Yeah. So he's on probation. In 2009, the next year, uh, he goes to court uh, for custody of the kids. They're trying to figure that out. He wins full custody of his children. And she has to pay him child support.
1: I mean, I do think the real villain in all of this is Aaron.
0: I I agree.
1: But Eric did kill a man.
0: But apparently he is more the quality parent. So I, I don't know the whole other side of her. Right. But I would like to see... Like, what else was she doing? Did she not have a safe home? Was she not making such... You know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But ultimately, the court was like, no, we would rather give it to the man who killed somebody than the, you know, high school boy chaser. Uh, Yeah, okay. So, the kids are now adults, um, and little is known about Eric or them, but I can tell you that the ex-wife, Erin... Uh, did end up moving to Texas, where she now works as a writer. I mean, it's a great story.
1: All righty, then.
0: That's my story, Haley.
1: That is a story.
0: <laughs> Chanel told me this story, like, just briefly. And I said, oh, cool, can you Google it for me? And she goes, oh, yeah, sure. And, and she, with every story Chanel tells me, she tells me, like, the teeny bit of it, and I'm like, oh, intriguing. And then I get in it, and I'm like, wow, and this is And it's just
1: chaos. Crazy. Just chaos. But no, I am thanks. so grateful
0: for it. So thank you, Chanel. Yeah, that was awesome. That's that's where we're at. So, you know, Haley, just keep your boundaries. For sure. I
1: and, mean um, that's just that's nuts. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. That's all she can say is that's just nuts. Too much for me. It's it's a lot. That's enough.
1: All right. well if you want to send us an email, I don't even know where to go with that, Um, you can do so. Your
0: thoughts on this story.
1: Yeah, you do that at mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Mountain Mysteries Tales from Appalachia. Find us on our Instagram, mountainmysteries.appalachia, or on our Patreon at patreon.com slash mountainmysteries. Mysteries.
0: And I want to give a shout-out today to Drift, Kentucky. Hey. Hey. We just did a story yesterday. Yesterday. It feels like yesterday. Yeah. Last week from Kentucky. Yeah. All right. Well, y'all have a wonderful week. We'll catch you next time. Haley, keep those boundaries nice and firm.
1: I sure will.
0: As I will the tone of my body.
1: (laughs) Bye. Bye.